stood for an hour at Liberty on accident our Sunday, so I guess they thought I'd stand for an hour here too. Uh, I guess uh, just tell y'all, some of you probably don't know or hadn't heard, but Saturday at our fellowship day up here at the church, I, um, I announced my call to preach, uh, if you hadn't heard. Um, it's something that I've, uh, I've been fighting with and dealing with and praying about for a long, long time. Um, ever since I was a little boy, just to be honest with you. Uh, I'll just tell you the story. I told him at Liberty, so I can tell y'all too. Uh, when I was about 12 years old, I'd heard a little boy named Johnny Green preach a few times. He'd preached at uh, my Papa Jack's church at Gold Hill. We've all been there. He'd preached there a few times. And uh, then he came here to preach one night, and uh, the Lord spoke to my heart. That was the first time he'd ever spoke to my heart, and I kind of felt like he was calling me to preach. I was 12 years old. So I'll just tell you how long I've been dealing with this. It's been 20 years. Um, I went out in the parking lot after the service, and I told Tish Flippin, and I used to go here, I said, I think the Lord's called me to preach. And she told me to go test somebody. And I said, okay. And I turned around and walked off and didn't tell another soul until I was probably 18 years old and was, I was riding up a road with my Papa Jack. And by this time, I'd done backslid and was partying, and this was right after my wreck, and I was just in a bad shape and ashamed of the human being that I was. And I uh, was riding down the road, and he looked over at me, and he said, you ever felt like you've been called to preach? And I thought, Lord, have mercy. How does this guy know this? How does he know this? And I said, yeah, when I was 12 years old. He said, I thought so, and just kept driving. And I thought, man, I can't believe he just asked me that. It was so awkward and quiet and wasn't saying nothing. He just come out and asked me that. And I thought, man, I can't believe he just asked me that. And then, uh, I don't know, about four or five years ago, I guess, um, after I'd been back in church for a few years, I've been back in church for nine years now, uh, I started started feeling that again, started feeling that still small voice down on the inside, and uh, I know four or five years is a long time, 20 years is a real long time, but I wasn't right with God the whole time, but uh started feeling that still small voice again, and I, I said for a long time, and I just wanted to be sure that I was right, um, probably our third or fourth date that me and Tiffany ever went on, we've been together over four years now, I told her the story I just told y'all, so she's new this whole time, and then I got to thinking about it, and me and Justin talked about it when he was helping me move into our house, and that was three years ago next month. So, man, he's known about it for about three years, and I talked to Daddy about it about a year ago, and Papa, he's hard to talk to. I ain't told him nothing. So, <laughs> but uh, it's been a long time of coming. Um, Saturday, me and Tiffany, golly, we was having a, a rough morning, just to say, you know how it is, being a husband and wife, you just get into it sometimes, and uh I'll tell you what, what happened last week. Um, Liberty already had me scheduled to come on Sunday. And I stopped uh, Thursday evening. I stopped on the side of the road while I was working. Stopped on the side of the road and walked out in the woods. And I prayed and I asked God. I said, Lord, if I'm called to preach, just let me preach Sunday. Just let me preach and fall under the power of God and just know. That way I just know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's what it is. And it was like the Lord told me, well, that would be by sight. That'd be by sight. That wouldn't be by faith. And I thought, man, why can't you just tell me? Why can't you just tell me for sure? And then uh, every time, every time recently that I've, I've got really close to the Lord, the closer I get to the Lord, the stronger I heard it. I heard 
it's time to preach. It's time to do what I've told you to do. And I think, I don't know if that's really the Lord or if that's just in my head. And I've told Justin this a hundred times. I don't know if that's the Lord or if it's just in my head. Well, then Saturday, me and Justin was up here talking. And I told him, I said, I think that, uh, I think that I've said that I wanted to be sure for so long that I've caused myself to doubt. And uh, I left here, and I went back home. I was up here spraying. He was getting prepared for the get-together. And uh, when I got home, the Lord said, uh, you remember that still, small voice that spoke to you the day that you got saved? And I said, yeah. And he said, how'd you get saved? I said, by faith. And he said, yeah. He said, you remember that still, small voice on the night of the youth revival and was getting ready to close, and Aiden decided he was going to get up here and come sing, and that still small voice told you to get up one more time and tell them young and something. And I said, yeah. He said, and three got saved, and it was by faith. I said, yeah, you're right. He said, well, you've heard this a whole lot stronger telling you to preach than you ever did any of them others. And I said, yeah, yeah, you're right. And uh, I done made my mind up pretty much before we ever come to the fellowship hall. And I thought, well, Justin's going to do a devotion, and he'll give me a minute. He'll say, anybody else got anything? Well, he done his part and asked somebody to say the blessing, never gave me a minute. So uh, I went and I, I fixed me a plate and uh, had a hamburger and a hot dog and I was sitting talking to Shannon and I set my plate down and I got back up and I walked outside and I looked around and I thought, Lord, have mercy. And I'm shaking. I can't even eat my food. And I went back inside and I sat back down and I thought, all right, I'm going to eat this hot dog. And I couldn't even eat my hot dog, so I got up again. And I went and I told everybody, I said, listen, i got to tell y'all something. I can't hold on to this no longer. And I told them that, I was, uh, that the Lord called me to preach. And everybody I've talked to said, so far, I said, well, what have you been waiting on? Everybody said, Dad, what are you waiting on? What have you been waiting on? And uh, honestly, I'm just, I don't want to doubt. I didn't want to be wrong. But by faith, I believe he has. I believe he's called me. And uh, I need your support. I don't need your judgment. I know what it's like to be a Christian and a Baptist that's sitting in a church and we come in. And I, I was talking to Josh about it earlier. What we do is we come in and we judge the pastor's message. Well, that's a pretty good message. All right, message wasn't worth much. Ah, oh, he hadn't even studied. I don't need that. I need your support and your prayers and your help. And I told Granny, I said, this is going to be a whole lot harder than it was Sunday. Justin told me he was worried because they had said something to him about coming to Liberty. He said, man, I don't want to go somewhere else. And I said, well, I'd a whole lot rather go somewhere else. It's hard to stand right up here in front of your own people. In front of the people that know you and you know them, it's hard. It's hard to stand here. So I need your help. And if you feel like saying amen, you feel like raising your hand, do that thing. Do that thing. Be ready to do something for the Lord. We ain't just here just to everybody to sit back and watch me like you're watching a football game on TV. We're here to participate. We're here to worship and serve the Lord. So let's do this thing. That's what I'm here for. Let's all do this thing. <clears throat> um, I know Papa don't usually do this, but uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, when you find your place, let's stand. I need your prayers. Pray for me. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. <clears throat> this is very familiar scripture. I'm sure that everybody knows this. Uh, but I, this is what the Lord laid on my heart right after Papa asked me Monday to, to stand tonight. The Lord gave me this, and I believe he did. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. 
And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. God, I thank you, Lord, for giving me an opportunity, God, to do something for you, to stand for you. God, stand with your word, God. I believe, God, with all my heart that you give us this message. God, I pray that you'd anoint it, God, and you'd help us to bring out what you'd have us to bring, God, just exactly how you'd have us to bring it, God. Lord, we don't want to offend anybody, God. Don't want to say anything out of the way, God, but we most definitely want to do your will, Father. God, I pray that you'd help us to do that, God, I pray if there's one here that's not right with you tonight, God, that they'd get things right before they leave the property, God, Lord. You know what needs to be done, Lord. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Um, this may be a little bit odd, and it's a little bit odd for me. I don't usually do things in this format. I usually just kind of like to read and go, and it's a little bit different for me, but uh, I'm going to start back at 18. It says, "In Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea. So I want us to just kind of picture what's going on here. here. Here's Jesus and he's all by himself. And here's Jesus and he's walking down the beach, pretty much, walking down the side of the big lake, the Sea of Galilee. And uh, he sees these, these two guys, um, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, casting their net into the sea. They was, they was fishermen. This is what they'd done for a living. They've done this for a living, and this is how that they had their living. This is how they survived. Everything that they done revolved around fishing. So here they are. They're casting their nets off on, into the sea. And uh, when I was reading that, I thought, you know, it said, uh, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, it don't say nowhere on here where Jesus stopped. It just said that he was walking by. And I got to thinking about that. And, you know, I remember a time when Lee Cope said, uh, when he was preaching the revival here, and he said, you know, everybody's always testified in the churches where I've grew up that they, that they just wanted Jesus to come by. Just wanted Jesus to come by. And he said, I don't just want Jesus to come by. I don't just want the Lord and the Holy Spirit to come by. I want him to come by and stay a while. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that was good. That was a good thought when he said that. I thought, man... I hadn't ever really thought of it that way, but you know, it's a very simple and common concept that I want him to stay. Well, right here, it doesn't say nothing about him staying. It says that he came by. All he done was came by and <clears throat> saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And uh, that, that's my thought right there for the night. That's, that's what my title is going to be is follow me, follow him, follow him. And uh, you know, sometimes... Like uh, the night, that night of the youth arrival, I was sitting right there and uh, Aiden had done stepped out by faith and Aiden made a good point later on. He said, if I had had any idea that Emma Kate and the other two, Bentley and uh, Gracie was going to get saved, he said, I wasn't even questioned God. I wasn't even battled it out with the Lord. I'd have got up and sung for three days if that's what it took. If he had just told me that all these three was going to get saved. And I thought, you know what? I would have too. Because when I was sitting right there and the Lord said, get up and tell them one more time. I thought, Lord, I ain't a preacher or nothing. I can't get up and do that. I can't, I can't get up and tell them why he's singing. That's, that's hard. That's awkward. I've never had to do that before. And the Lord said, get up and tell them one more time. And I thought, okay, all right, I believe I will. Well, when I was reading this and it said that he was walking by, uh, Sometimes he just walks by us in church and he tells us to do something and if we'll get up and follow him, we'll get up and follow through with what he's told us to do, then he'll stay a while. 
But sometimes he, we, he'll come by and he'll tell us to do something or tell us to go in a certain way or he'll tell us to go see somebody, go by somebody's house, whatever the case may be, and we think, oh, I can't do that. And then it passes. And then it's gone. And then he's done went on down the road somewhere. So when the Lord tells us to do something, if he tells you to do something here tonight or if he tells you to go see somebody this week, don't let him pass by. Don't just let him walk on by when he calls out to you and says, follow me, because he's going to lead you there. He ain't just going to send you there by himself. He didn't lead me by myself when I was talking with them youngins. I ain't got a clue what I said. I have no idea, but I know that the Lord was leading me. So if we'll follow the Lord, he'll lead us, and he'll, he'll give the increase. Aiden said if he had had any idea that them would have get saved, He'd have done it. And I got to thinking about that, and I thought, man, what if five, six years ago, when the Lord started dealing with my heart about this thing again, about preaching, what if I'd have said, okay, Lord, when I heard that still small voice, because, you know, that's another point I got wrote down here, when a Christian or a child of God hears the voice of the Lord, they know it's the Lord. They know it's the Lord. Every time the Lord's ever spoke to me, I can feel Him right here. I can physically feel Him. And I know it's the Lord. And then I doubt he don't cause me to doubt. He don't just come and I'm like, was that really the Lord or not? It's me that says that. It's not him. When the Lord speaks, when the Lord passes by and says, follow me, do this, I know it's him. Let's read them two again. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And straightway they left their nets and followed him. So it didn't say that after he told them to come on, follow me, that they said, Well, are you going to go? Justin, are you going to go? I, I don't know if I'm going to go. Do you think we should go? Well, let's go. But first, before we go, because we don't know how long we're going to be, let's get our bags packed. Let's roll this net up. Let's get this net in here and make sure that it's all situated. It didn't say that. It said, in straight way they left their nets and followed him. Hey, when the Lord calls, when the Lord says, hey, follow me. This is the direction we're going. This is the path we're going. I was thinking about Coulter as I was talking. Boy, that's a big task. The Lord said, hey, we're going to Alaska. And Coulter said, all right. Okay, how many of us sitting here today would just say, I'm going to uproot my life because that still small voice spoke to my heart and told me to go to Alaska. Not make preparations, not to just hang out a while, but let's go. Let's go. There's 1,200 inmates up there needing somebody, needing somebody to tell them about the Lord, needing somebody to lead them. Hey, we're the church, this church, the people here and the church around us, we're the ones that's leading the lost. We're the only ones that they see. Do they see us taking time to gather up our net and just whatever we want to do or are we just doing it? Are we just going ahead and stepping out and doing it? This, uh, this net is what provided their livelihood. The only way they could survive is with this net. <clears throat> Catching the fish in this net. <clears throat> and in another place it talks about Jesus told them to cast the net on the other side. And it was so full they brought it in and it said it didn't even break the net. So apparently their fish, their fish nets could get so full that they would break. Well, it didn't say anywhere in here that they reeled that net back in. So everything that they had, they depended on the Lord. They said, well, this is Jesus. This is the Son of God and I'm going to put my trust in Him. 
And I'm going to follow him. Forget this net. If it gets so full that I can't get it back out, that'll be fine. I've got him. I'm going to trust in him. Everything that I do, everything in my life, I'm just going to put it in his hands. And I'm going to trust in him. So they believed. Immediately they believed. They didn't have any question of whether it was God or not because straightway they left. They seen him and they thought, man, that's God. That's, That's definitely the Lord. And I've heard a whole lot of people say this that, All it takes is believing. All you got to do is believe. Well, there's more to it. It's not just believing. Just believing ain't going to get you to heaven. Satan believes. The devil himself knows that Jesus is the Christ. He knows that Jesus is the Savior. He knows that Jesus is the Lord. And you know, in the Bible, I heard Lee Cope say this way a while back, so y'all fact check him. But the Bible calls Jesus our Lord more than it calls Him our Savior. We love to say that He's our Savior but he's our Lord. We got to listen to him. We got to follow him. Whenever he's leading us to go do something, no matter what it is, it don't matter if it's just raising your hand in church and saying, Thank you, Lord, or if it's going down here on the street in Lamont and preaching. Whatever the Lord's telling you to do, just follow him. We've got to put all our trust in him. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice quick. <clears throat> James, I jot this down. James 2 and 17. Says, even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. We can believe all we want to. We can have faith that Jesus is the Son of God and that He died on the cross and that He rose again on the third day to save us all for the sins of the world. He died for the sins of the world. We can have faith that that's true, but if there ain't no following Him on the other side of it, it's dead. It's useless. It's of no effect. It's no good. It ain't going to get you to heaven just believing that. Just believing ain't enough. Let's read on. Start 20 again. Straightway they left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw two other brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Um, me, me personally, the most comfortable place in the world for me is either at my house with my wife and my kid. And before I had them and before I had that home, my most comfortable place was with my dad, with my mom. Doing the things that I had been raised up in. And that's where these two were. These two were in their comfort zone. They had been raised by their dad to be fishermen. They could depend on their dad. They could depend on their fishing. This is how they made their living, but they was also comfortable because they had their dad. I mean, how many of y'all, when you go to your mom and dad's house, you just open the door and walk in. You go to the cabinet if you want something, you get it out, and that's your comfort zone. That's where you're comfortable at. Well, when the Lord called them and he said, hey, follow me, they had to get out of their comfort zone. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. Everybody, everybody in this building has something that the Lord's wanting them to do to get out of their comfort zone. I was thinking about this thing. Um, when I first bought back, when I first got back in church, I, uh, the Lord told me to sing a song one night. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. There ain't no way I can sing a song. No way I can get up here in front of these people. That's just humiliating, having to get up there and sing a song. And they know where I've been. They know what I've done. And then I finally got up there and sung that song. And man, it was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. And then it wasn't just a few more months down the road. Megan was asking me if I'd sing a song in the youth choir. And I thought, no, 
No, man, there ain't no way I can step out of my comfort zone and sing a song in a youth choir. We've all been there. We've all got things that the Lord has told us to do, and we ain't done them yet. We're just sitting in our seat doing what we want to. It's easy and comfortable to sit in our seats, but God never called nobody to sit in a church pew. I promise you that. He didn't call nobody to sit in a church pew. He's got a job for you. There's something for you to do. There's something for every one of us to do. But uh, it wasn't just a few months, and she was asking me to sing a song in the youth choir, and I thought, man, I, don't, I can't do that. I can't do that. And the Lord dealt with my heart, and she gave it to another person, and I was like, Phew, i got to do this. I said, uh, Megan, if it won't offend them, I'm going to sing that song. And it was say amen. And y'all remember, it wasn't me, but y'all remember how the Lord started blessing through that thing. Man, the Lord started blessing. People was hitting the altar while we were singing, but it was that still, small voice that spoke to my heart and said, follow me. That's all he said was, follow me. I've got this. You ain't even got to do it. Just follow me. And we done that thing. And then it wasn't just a couple more months. And Megan said, i got some stuff going on. I need you to take over the youth choir. Lord told me to tell you, you need to take over the youth choir. And I thought, no. Lord didn't tell you that. No, you just want me to do it because you don't want to do it no more. That's what I thought. Honest. That's exactly what I thought. And I went home. And it, it, it wasn't about a week. And the Lord was saying, you need to take over that youth choir. I thought, man, I can't do that. Ain't no way I can take over that youth choir. And this is six, seven, eight years ago now. I thought, ain't no way I can do that. And the Lord said, you need to take over that youth choir. You need to follow me and take over that youth choir. And uh, I did. I said, all right. I called Megan. I said, Megan, all right. I'll do it. And if it don't work out, we'll just shut the thing down. We won't even have to have one no more. It'll be all right. If it don't work, if I can't do it, we can just back out and shut her down. No big deal. Well, uh, I ain't got to tell you all how the Lord's blessed in the youth choir. He's blessed time and time and time again. People getting saved, people crying and hitting the altar, and it ain't nothing to me, and it ain't nothing to the youth. It's just God. It's just being faithful to Him. It's just following Him. When He calls and He knocks on your heart, listening, just listening and doing what you're supposed to do. There's something for every one of us to do. We're all, we all have a job. I'm sure that every one of us right now, me included, is sitting back not doing something that God's told us to do. And it wasn't just, you know, a, a short while later that Larry Johnson, the Lord had put it on Larry's heart. We need to have youth revival. We want to have youth revival. He said, I've been thinking that for a while now. And I said, well, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. And the Lord put that burden on my heart. And now for six years in a row with the youth revival, just listening to the still small voice, Larry listened to it first, and then I just followed through with it. We've had somebody, at least one saved at every single youth revival. Listen, if we would just follow the Lord when he tells us to do something, people would be getting saved. Lives would be getting changed just from us listening by faith. Not nothing that we've done. If he told us that somebody would get saved from doing what he said, it'd be by sight. But he wants us to just step out by faith and doing it. But I believe that there's family members in every one of our family. Who's got a lost family member? Raise your hand. <clears throat> If you do what God told you to do, they may get saved. Their life may be changed. Hey, they may end up in hell if you don't. If you don't do what God's told you to do, if you don't follow God in the way that He's told you to go, they may end up in hell. They may end up in hell. What, what, if, what if my mom and dad and my grandparents in this church hadn't been here trying to do what the Lord told them to do when I was out in the world? I could have ended up in hell. I could end up in hell. Scotty, all these years that he's been trying to listen to, the, listen to the voice of the Lord, we could end up in hell. Both of us. It's just because somebody followed the Lord. 
Somebody followed the Lord and he spared me and he spared all y'all. That's the only reason. Uh, Romans 8, 29, I jotted this down. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The Lord has got a life planned out for you. He's got blessings. He's got the way that he's going to use you already planned out. But he gave us the free will choice to step in and do it. He gave us the opportunity. He gave us the choice to go ahead and listen to him and follow his path instead of our own. The Lord wants to use every one of us in some form or fashion somehow to help somebody else. I believe that if you're really born again and you're really following the Lord, that somewhere down the line somebody's going to get saved because of the work that you've done following him. I believe that. Somebody's going to get saved from what you've done. Somewhere down the line there's going to be proof. Because it said that you was the first, he was the firstborn among many brethren. So if he's living inside of you, you're supposed to reproduce. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians is reproduce. Following him, doing his will, we'll reproduce. <clears throat> Let's read on. Verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had palsy and healed them. So if we're following the Lord, all, all these four had to do was follow him. I didn't see nothing about them healing anybody. I didn't see nothing really about them preaching. I didn't see nothing that said that they had done. All it said was Jesus went to the synagogues preaching and healing people. And all they had to do was follow him and Jesus became famous. I believe that if we was following Jesus like we're supposed to be doing as a church, if we was following his will, Jesus would be famous. I believe it would be famous in this community that Mount Vernon Church would be famous for having the Son of God living here. That the Son of God would be here. People getting healed. Miracles happening. I know when I was growing up, a lot of miracles happened here. And I ain't saying that they don't now. They do. They still do. But I remember a whole lot of people, they'd come and they'd get saved and they'd stay. And they'd come and they'd get saved and they'd stay. But there was some people that was following the voice of the Lord. They was following that still small voice that was speaking to them down on the inside. Verse 25, And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and Decapolis, from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. If we was all following God, following Jesus, following the Spirit, the leadership of the Lord like we're supposed to, There'd be a great multitude here. You wouldn't be able to get a seat in this place. It ain't, it ain't because God ain't still God. It ain't because Jesus didn't still die for everybody. It's because His people ain't following Him. It's because He's called out to us and He's saying, Hey, follow me in this way. Follow me in this direction. Let's go this way. If we was, this place would be so packed out. There'd be a great multitude here. Just a great big multitude here. Um... Real quick.
we call the preacher, and that's what we do. We ain't, we ain't got enough God about us to lead somebody to the Lord. All we've got is, oh, we'll, we'll call the preacher because he's had experience with the Lord because he's a preacher. Ain't that the way we operate? That's the way we are. If I want to stick with the Lord, I've got to follow him. The Lord ain't going to leave me, but he's going to lead me. He's going to lead me in the direction he wants me to go, and it's up to me whether I follow him or not. If I decide not to follow him, he's going to leave me behind. And then I'll get into a situation where I need him, and he ain't even there. And I'll think, Lord, what happened? And he said, well, I told you to come with me this way. I told you to keep following me, but you just let me go on. You said you scared. You said you didn't really know if that was me or not. Guilty. I'm guilty. Didn't really know if that was the Lord or not. Just didn't know. Hey, if we want God in our life, and we want to see our lost loved ones saved, if we want to know that we're right with God, that's what the Lord ended up telling, having to tell me. He said, if you want to be right with me, you're going to have to do what I told you to do. That's what he told me. And I thought, all right, all right, I'm going to do it. And the reason I told him Saturday is I was afraid if I went to Liberty Sunday and I waited till Wednesday, I'd back out and I wouldn't tell you. Seriously, that's me. I've got to commit. That's just how feeble and weak I am. But I had to tell them in so I'd be sure that I'd done it because I knew I was supposed to. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, I knew it. But uh, if we want the Lord in our life, follow Him. That's all I've got on my heart tonight is just follow Him. And for us to follow Him, that means we've got to follow Him in His will, not in our will. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And if I'm pursuing my will, I can't be pursuing His. If I'm wanting to do the things that I'm wanting to do, and I'm putting that before the Lord, I can't be doing His will. I can promise you, the Lord has never told nobody just to lay out on Sunday. He just ain't. And I ain't trying to be mean. I ain't trying to harp on it. But he's just not. He ain't never said, well, it'd be all right if you just miss one Sunday. I know there's some things in some places. If you go to Alaska, there's no way you cannot miss a Sunday. If you want to see Africa, you got to. But a lot of times we just make the choice just to do what we want to instead of his will. I was looking at the sign when I come in. I thought it was kind of weird, 64, 54, 44. But if. Only 54 out of 64 brought their Bible. There's no way that all 64 of us is following the Lord. And if only 44 of them studied their lesson, and probably half of those is just so they could raise their hand, there may be 20 out of them that's really trying to follow the Lord. And we wonder where the powers went. We wonder where the spirits went. We wonder why people's not getting saved left and right. Hey, it's great that young people's getting saved. When's the last time we've seen an adult get saved? When's the last time we've seen a drug addict get saved and changed? If we as a whole, all of us, would follow God, they would. The power of God would be here. The Spirit of God would be here. If He's not here, it's because we've quit following Him. If we were still following Him, we'd be right there next to Him. Just walking right along behind him, letting him guide our steps. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done anyways, but I will.
time to get in on it. Get in on the goods. Praise the Lord. I need to pray. Ain't nobody in here needs to pray. We all been following God. <clears throat> that girl's heart beat out of my chest. <laughs> I'm like, Amen. 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 